0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending where you are. Welcome back to uh, organizing in the time of COVID-19. My name is Firoz Manji from Daraja Press. You may recall that one of our earliest interviews was with Kali Okuno, uh, who is a co-founder of Cooperation Jackson. And uh, we talked a, a lot about the situation and the challenges of organizing in the time of, of COVID in Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, today, we're going to get an update on, on that, also on Kali's uh, 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 proposal about organizing a general strike in the USA. But the main part of what we will be talking about today will be on uh, what... COVID-19 tells us about the nature of racism and white supremacy in uh, the, the the USA. Uh, so a, a warm welcome to you, Kali. Uh, I hope all is going well uh, with you and yours. Um, you've been uh, involved in a lot of organizing, uh, uh, <laughs> if, if the evidence on Facebook and elsewhere is uh, uh, is anything to go by. Um, d- would you like just give us a, a start off with a, just a quick uh, update on where we are uh, from uh, our discussions about Jackson, Mississippi uh, over the last uh, uh, couple of weeks. Uh, what's going on there?
1: Yeah. Well, uh, in terms of, I'll start with our uh, direct work. Uh, the mass challenge is going well. Uh, we, we're now uh, at a place uh and a pace uh where we're producing um you know multiple versions uh, of the mass uh, we're never going to be able to meet the the actual demand um uh, unfortunately um uh, if not only just for uh shortage of various materials you know which are quickly running Ugh. And stuff like that uh is running out but that that we've we've kind of in the span of two and a half three weeks uh we've perfected uh, a method of doing the 3D printed masks uh so we're starting to crank those out uh we just ordered some new machines to to kind of double up on that uh production uh, thanks to a lot of you know generous donations from uh folks all around the world uh, uh <laughs> many thanks to y'all um you know for helping us uh, increase our capacity and to be able to service the needs of the people. Uh, so that's been been a joy. Uh, in a broader sense, um, you know, since we last spoke, uh, the governor uh, filed suit with issuing finally a stay at home order. Uh, but you know that was maybe a week and a half ago. Now, uh, after the Republican kind of stronghold. Uh, uh, and the mythology uh, really broke, that this wasn't uh, much more than a bad flu. Uh, once that finally kind of broke, uh, Florida le- kind of started leading the way. Uh, then that was followed by Mississippi and several other states. But, you know, they are already uh, in dialogue, in discussion, uh, emanating all the way from the top with uh, 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 the right-wing kind of reactionary forces. Uh, Starting to a dialogue about how they're going to open up the country with a a bang, presumably sometime uh, in May. Uh, And it looks like Mississippi and Texas may be some of the test runs uh, to start doing that earlier. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, the number of infections is steadily going up. Uh, The number of deaths is kind of plateaued, thankfully, here. Uh, to a degree, I think we're getting close to a hundred. So it's nowhere near what's happening, uh, uh, you know, on our uh, Southern uh, border, Southern Western border of the state of uh, Louisiana. Um, But we we think that that's going to increase with the practices of, you know, them encouraging folks to go back to work uh, and for shops and everything to go back uh, in order, and that the death rate will spike again. We think that uh, we're in this for for many, many months, despite what they say, uh, and that a second wave of this is likely coming definitely in Mississippi, but probably also nationally. Uh, now, in terms of the response, uh, there are now starting to be uh, relief efforts cropping up throughout the city uh, and throughout the state as people are kind of building their confidence Uh, building their their solidarity and engaging, you know, in direct work. Now, how safe some of this is, to be honest with you, is is questionable. Uh, But it is happening. Uh, uh, I think it's a human response, a a positive human response, uh, that people see people in need, people suffering, and they want to help. So that's a good thing. Uh, Definitely taking place in many, many different spots throughout uh, the city and throughout the states as we get caught up there. Uh, We ourselves are... I think we've perfected enough of a methodology around doing uh, at least some food distribution and some resource distribution um, safely to make sure that none of our people can will get sick. So uh, we're gonna start launching uh, uh, some of the relief efforts that we had planned on doing about four weeks back. We're gonna start putting that uh, in motion by the end of uh, next week uh, to, to accompany kind of our mass distribution. So, you know, in those regards, there's, you know, you got the positive dimension of the people's response and then you got the ongoing reactionary dimension of, you know, these right-wing forces in the combination of, you know, these these libertarians, big oil barons uh, and the religious right uh, really pushing us in two opposite directions right now. Uh, which I think oh. is what's going on basically throughout the United States.
0: I mean, it's, I, I, I'm really impressed the way that, that the way you organize and you are getting this food distribution going, you're looking after the community, um, but also, you know, initiatives like uh, your 3D mask production, I mean, uh, is anyone else doing a thing like that in, in the sort of cooperative movement across uh, the, the USA?
1: You you got a little choppy on me and your your screen is a little oh, okay. Falling. No, so I
0: was it's... just saying how how impressive it is that you are organizing in such a way to to get food distribution going, as well as this production of three D masks, uh, um, using a three D printer. I think that's really impressive. Do you know of similar initiatives in the USA amongst the cooperative movement? It seems to be in trouble. You're, you're, okay. One um, of our
1: signals, I think, is a little bit weak. I'm trying to move closer to my
0: to see yes. if that help. Um, okay. Well, let's let's move on. I mean the the, the the main thing we were uh wanting to focus on today. Ah, lost you. Um I'm sure we'll be back once uh <laughs> once. He finds a decent uh, internet connection. Uh he was trying to uh, speak from outside. Uh the uh um, okay, here he is again. Um there you are. That looks a little better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh kali uh-huh. what what does the distribution of COVID nineteen? Uh, tell us about the nature of racism and white supremacy in, in the USA.
1: Well, I mean, where to begin on this one? Um, I mean, like, look, one of the things that was, I think, most graphic that I've seen um, came out last night, and that is uh, in the city uh, of uh, St. Louis, um, you know, St. Louis for those, you know, it's kind of unique city uh, in that it's a bunch of kind of little cities uh, kind of strung together in, in one uh, Metro you know, kind of uh, uh, area, but in the city, all of the deaths, every single one of them have been a black person um now if that doesn't shock you in the midst of this i don't know what would or what will um you know what it what it really speaks to really is the underlying structure of white supremacy in this society that something like that is even possible uh because we know like in that case the the number of folks who were actually infected, at least those that were counted, uh, is uh, there are more white folks who are actually being tested to be positive than there are black folks. So how does, you know, you account for all the, the black folks being you know, the only folks who are, who are dead? What we've seen, I think there's been an interesting study. Uh, um, I remember, I think it was in LA, something at the LA Times, Kind of looked into and investigated around you know how the deaths uh, were playing out and why there and what was clearly indicated there uh, uh in this study uh was that the vast number of, of black folks who succumbed to this virus in in uh, la county uh were not tested and that they were rejected from being tested that they were just denied being given a test um and that is Purely up to the systemic and, and cultural dimensions of racism, wherein um, you know just harkens back to some of the studies that have, that have taken place in the medical field over the past decade uh, that focus on that. You know, doctors read and register the pain of black women to be far different than almost anybody else, uh, saying that you know they can they can obviously in their minds bear more pain uh, than other folks, and they just don't believe uh, that, that their pain and our pain. Uh, uh, is real, you know, um, and it just harkens back to, you know, uh, the view of us as chattel, you know, basically, uh, and that, you know, somehow we're, we're built to take, you know, more pain and suffering or that it's kind of our, uh, I guess, burden, according to some of the, the biblical uh, uh, understandings to bear this uh, particular uh, uh, type of ire from the system. But it's playing out in graphic terms, you know, and we it's, it's, need to be clear that it's not just folks who are technically black, uh, although that's disproportionate, but it also, if you look at uh, the number of, of infections in indigenous uh, lands on the different reservations, particularly looking at some of the stuff that's taking place on the Navajo Nation lands and how it's spreading there, why it's spreading there uh, as a the nature of uh, some of the chronic dimensions of underdevelopment caused by the colonial occupation uh, of all their lands and territories and the lack of development there where there's there's really uh, no running water uh, in a lot of the uh, the homes on the reservation. So uh, uh, if the prescription is, you know, wash your hands constantly, can't do that if you don't have any running water. Um, then you also look at the rate of uh, impact uh, amongst the Latino community, um, you know, particularly in, in uh, New York City, which, you know, there's some overlap between uh, in the United States will be considered black and Latino uh, um, you know just given uh, the history of, of uh, enslavement particularly in the, in the Caribbean uh, where most of your like Dominicans and, and uh, uh, Haitians uh, Puerto Ricans um, you know folks are coming from and are situated in, in New York City uh, but then there's another dimension to this right so that's just the aspects of who's getting sick um and and who's dying we got to look at the underlying reasons why people are getting sick in the first place Uh, and i'll start with um the low wage labor which is now being deemed essential uh, in this country and who's doing that labor right who's who's working at uh, the food processing plants the meat plants the chicken plants the the pig plants the, the the fish you know, plants the the slaughterhouses of the uh, of the cows. You know who's working in the fields, who's working at these distribution plants in Amazon, you know, who's working at these uh, counters in most uh, grocery stores, and who are a lot of your your nurses, nurses. These are black and brown folks, right? Uh, uh, in most of these now uh, essential uh, uh, positions the vast majority of whom do not have union protections, the vast majority of whom uh, are barely making minimum wage, the vast majority of whom, almost the complete majority of whom, do not have any form of health care that's provided either by their employer, nor can they afford it working on minimum wage jobs. And remember, the minimum wage in most parts throughout the United States is below $15 an hour. Um, So you're now set up in a situation where uh, the very divided apartheid-tiered uh, 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 workforce that is now being uh, uh, deemed essential is also being deemed by, hmm. by virtual reality as being disposable. So the disposable nature and the rotating nature of, of uh, labor and who, who does their labor, who bears the brunt of it along the lines of race are playing out uh, uh, in the extreme. And this is only going to continue. Uh, If you particularly look in a place like New York where, you know, very quickly uh, the disease started being focused on those sectors of workers, but also how it started to hit the MTA workers, the bus drivers and the subway drivers who are basically all, you know, I think it's something like uh, 85% uh, uh, black and brown, you know, Uh, and even though that's a unionized job and has offered some level of of, uh, security, uh, it's, it's, still draws upon uh, folks from the, the working class uh, who are in desperate need due to lack of access to education, uh, lack of access to to uh, loans and other things in the society so that they can become your, your infamous New York entrepreneur uh, who are bearing the brunt of that and having to carry all these essential workers, all these black and brown folks to and from their jobs at the hospitals, at the stores, at the factories, at the plants. Um, So this is really, you know, COVID-19 is really just exposing America, I think, really, for what it is, how it functions. um, You know, who upholds this society and what their value really uh, uh, is. Um, If anything, I think this disease is really calling that into question. Uh, And it's doing so, I think, in ways that, one, I think people are learning uh, uh, in reality um, what the digital age can and cannot do. Um, and that, you know, how much of the, the the economy, the real economy, you know, where people eat uh, and draw their substance from, the real economy is still uh, uh, very much dependent on various types of manual labor. But how long this lasts is, is becoming, I think, a, a, a question. And we're already seeing some ways in which I think Amazon per, perhaps leading the way uh, where they're trying to factor in on the heels of this to, to mute uh, the resistance that's now starting to be mounted by by workers throughout to the Amazon system uh, to speed up the pace of automation, uh, to eliminate the need upon uh, the disposable labor force that they already have, which are the black and brown workers that constitute the vast majority of the people in their factories all throughout you know, the U.S. empire. Um yeah i mean we can you, know, you can point this out <clears throat> in so many different ways but this this piece i think is really demonstrating that once this is over uh the myth of kind of the the meritocratic society the myth of uh, uh equal opportunity in the united states i think has been shattered at least for a generation it's going to be very hard for the reactionary forces, both within the Democratic Party and the, the, the Republican Party, to kind of put that myth back together again uh, uh, and uh, say that the the we're, they're they're moving toward the colorblind society, which is proven to be absolutely false by by the dire mm, consequences yeah. of the virus.
0: Yeah, I mean, it it the, the, the shocking statistics of the disproportionate. A uh, number of deaths uh, from uh, amongst the uh, African American, the Black, Brown, uh, uh, Indigenous population. I mean, it. It. What surprises me is is how this fact uh, is actually being talked about in the mainstream media. Uh, I thought they would try and hide it, but there have been a lot of articles in mainstream media about that. Now. Uh, what, what are the opportunities for organizing under these conditions? Because surely these communities all know what is happening to them. Uh, And uh, what are the opportunities for organizing? Uh, How do you uh, take this forward? Because otherwise, it seems to me it's a form of eugenics. Our people will will be killed Uh, and and something some we can't wait to see how bad this could become. Uh, what do you see is, as, as the way people are organizing? How is it happening? Or is mm-hmm. it not?
1: Well, I mean, we're starting to see, I think, some brilliant stuff uh, going on uh, throughout the country. Um, you know, there's like the mutual aid. I consider what we're doing right now still fundamentally within the mutual aid kind of perspective, right, in in realm of organizing. And there's been a tremendous outpouring of that. Uh, but in terms of direct confrontation with the system, I think we're starting to see some some brilliant stuff. Uh, and people just use their ingenuity and creativity. Um, you know, um, outside one, which I was very impressed with, that happened yesterday. So in Oakland, California, Uh, There's a black coalition there, a black housing coalition there, uh, staged basically a a rent strike uh, uh, that they hosted on uh, Facebook Live and, you know, Twitter Live and uh, uh, et cetera. Um, And they were just hoping to get, I think uh, uh, I heard Carol say 50 people out, several hundred people uh, turned out and they did this, uh, I think, by occupying like a mall parking lot. And they had all the cars, people, you know, paced out in cars so that they, they were maintaining and practicing social distancing. And most of the people I saw had, you know, various uh, uh, masks, many of which this coalition had uh, been working on a, a securing and dis- distributing to the community for free over the past couple of months. Um, and they just they did this this rent strike uh, uh, action, you know, encouraging folks uh, to take up the cause of both not paying the rent, not paying the mortgages and encouraging uh um uh other folks in the community who are presently uh homeless houseless uh to start occupying uh ton- the tons of vacant homes and lots that exist within uh oakland as a result of you know all of the redlining and uh, predatory uh you know lending and, and purchasing practices uh that corporations on a global scale are doing in communities like oakland and san francisco you know, where, where, to be more clear, you know, there's, there's tons of houses uh, that exist in these communities uh, that are bought up by sovereign wealth funds throughout the world uh, and major corporations throughout the world that just sit idle, uh, basically to be used as kind of Airbnb, uh, Airbnb properties or just investment properties, um, you know, that are just sitting idle. And even before this jumped off in, in uh, starting in the same group that, that did this, uh, was one of the key groups, key forces for the the Moms for Housing uh, struggle that emerged uh, uh, in the Bay Area in the in the end of last year. Uh, really, at the kind of the beginning of the COVID crisis, if you if you link it back to nineteen, so it's kind of interesting. Uh, now that you made me think about, about about how these two are linked. But but that same group did this action yesterday, uh, and uh, I think what they are are doing uh, is inspiring folks in that community. Uh, with staying connected, building the solidarity, they've already demonstrated a practice that they're willing to come together and defend each other if and when, you know, uh, the state uh, uh, decides to move in and try to evict people, uh, that there's a mass unit prepared to respond at any moment's notice uh, to defend folks in their right to housing. So this is just one of the many techniques that I think we've seen, we've seen uh, folks uh uh, supporting uh prisoners in san diego uh in in new orleans um you know demanding their folks get out getting some folks out also using this kind of car uh technique there's also been uh demonstrated actions where folks are just keeping like their social distancing you know from each other people demanding uh in philadelphia there was some some action like that uh that was one of the first car actions happened in in philly in philadelphia so People are finding ways to uh, both stay healthy, uh, to practice adequate social distancing, but to be in unity and solidarity with each other. Right. Uh, and as, as more of these pop off, you know, I think it's going to, I think it is, it's demonstrated, is building people's strength and building people's confidence. Uh, and I've been on several, been honored to be on several calls with or with workers uh, in various fields who aren't, you know, uh, unionized, uh, who have been struggling before the crisis, but who have been stepping up uh, and doing more, uh, to be connected with them, listening to their stories, uh, sharing what little I can, you know, folks uh, ask a question, but mainly just listening, and listening to folks who uh, were not activists, you know, at any point in their lives, uh, who, hmm. who merely just went out to be to, to these. Low-end jobs because they needed to, to to feed their families and take care of their children uh now really step up and 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 a understand and learn the system how ruthless it is I mean which they already knew but just coming to grips with hey I, we we have to do something about this and together that we can so the organizing organizing possibilities I think are uh right I mean if folks are seizing it it's not like myself or others are, are having to nudge people along, uh the reality is doing that. The reality of the situation, yeah. the direness, yeah. the starkness, the foolishness of how, you know, the corporations and the government are, are exploiting people and they just have a total disregard for their health and safety. You know, that is the, the wake-up call that everybody is, is getting and that people are responding to it. uh Now, I think we still have a long way to go uh, to make yeah. it more uh, uh, transformative, uh you know as people are waking up their processes on uneven. as people's confidence builds about you know what they can do and and, and start to believe in the person uh next to them is, is actually going to have their back and stand with them and, and not going to fade away or or not take the easy route and, and just take the, the basic compromises that uh um, are given you know that's going to build over time um but you know um This is one of the greatest, in my life, this is the greatest teaching moment I've ever seen, witnessed, and that people are stepping into it. uh, uh, I think it's just emblematic of what we know humans have the capacity to do when pushed, when tested and when tried. Um, So, you know, that's that's one of the reasons why um, we've been kind of trying to, you know, bust our ass to pull together and encourage folks to start thinking more systematically about combined mass action uh, and utilizing that, you know, as a as a means of just direct nonviolent action yeah. uh, to demonstrate our collective power yeah. uh, and change this society. I mean, the first thing is stopping them from uh, bringing folks back to work too soon, right? Uh, that's the first thing to put people to protect people right and to 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 end this virus that's the first thing that's on all of our minds and and why our call was from the beginning a reaction to uh trump saying that he was going to you know try to get back people back to work today right let's remember that he wanted a big on easter Easter sunday and we see how that would have been a a a total calamity and then and then why he responded to that again i'll assert was it had to do with those Nearly a million, you know, uh doctors, eight hundred thousand, uh sending a letter. No, you cannot do that. You know, and that was one of the first, I think, demonstrated acts of, you know, uh, as saying, you know, yeah, you know actually gets to good, you know. Um, but that that's the first piece. But the second piece, and I think it's the long term piece, is like, look, we cannot go back to the way things were. Like, there is no going back. Uh, that would be another disaster, and the way things were is what put us here in this position in the first place. The way things were is why so many Black people are being negatively impacted in the way that they, they are. The way things were are why we have so many Black and brown deaths, and so we're not going back. I mean, that's the clear message that we're trying to send, and we know that we aren't, you know, because the, the other side of the equation, uh, the capitalists are, are, are already trying to export the situation to the hilt. And best believe, as things calm down and, and uh, uh, over time, uh, and they learn how to do, you know, more of these uh, uh, meetings through digital means, that they're going to exploit that to the greatest extent possible uh, to try to break worker uh, uh, solidarity and worker collective uh, uh, interest and in collective action, uh, and reorganize things, you know, to be far more flexible for themselves to make us all much more. Precarious and disposable, so um, we cannot allow them uh, to do that. Particularly in the situation now, uh, where through the the the, uh, uh, the nature of the essential work that's being carried out, we see how vital and essential that is. So clearly, labor has the upper hand right now, and and part of our push is to get people to both see that, understand that, and use that as an effective kind of leverage and tool uh to be able to change society in some profound ways to make sure that you know adequate universal health care to make sure that there's adequate universal education child care you know that there's protection for, for for workers to the fullest uh both for their health and uh, safety but also you know guaranteed income should uh, uh uh folks not be able for one reason or another uh to work to their full you know kind of capacity and then the deeper things is really uh, transforming you know the nature of what labor is in this society uh so that workers are actually in control democratic control of of their workplace and there are no bosses because we've we worked to eliminate them and transform the society uh uh towards you know the kind of the socialist outcomes uh that we need and where there's actually a material basis for that to be, executed to to the highest degree i think at this point in time in history um so this is why we are pushing this call and encouraging everybody you know to take it up because i don't know when we'll ever get an opportunity like this again uh uh that both exposes the the pure fallacies of the situation where its interests you know uh, uh are like you know the fed is still dropping basically you know, billion a billion a, dollars a day pumping that into, you know, the system to prop it up uh, uh, when they could be using that money all along uh, to to create a health a national health care system in this country. You know, um, no. it's just one example.
0: No. I mean, I think what you're raising is a really important point. I mean, it's one which uh, Arundhati Roy, the Indian author and novelist uh, uh, raised recently, describing that we are entering a portal. Uh, That is to say there's a contestation as to what happens in the outcome out of this crisis. Uh, Do we, there is no doubt that the ruling class is also looking at opportunities to um, what Naomi Klein calls uh, uh, the shock doctrine, to use this as a way of uh, asserting their rule under the new period. Uh, So it's really encouraging to hear you talk about uh, a situation where uh, the possibilities of an alternative world, of an al- alternative way of living, of organizing, of producing uh, is something that is beginning to, 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 to percolate. Um, what's going to be needed to take it to the next level and open up a debate on a, on a um, much broader scale, uh, not uh, within the USA and beyond?
1: Well, I mean, what's really needed at this point is is um, broad outreach uh, and education. You know, those are the two things that I think, uh, you know, for us, we're trying to to call for the the first kind of coordinated mass action. And I stress the first because we think there's going to be uh, uh, many more of these needed to, to have maximum impact uh, for that to be on May Day. And uh, that's both the historic reasons associated with May Day being um you know very much tied to uh uh the labor movement as as a key uh point of the struggle for for labor emancipation emanating from you know the 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 strike action that took place uh in chicago in the late end of the the 19th century um but also because you know the first uh um kind of order uh that trump gave uh was supposed to expire uh april 30th which puts the friday uh this year uh the first day they were trying to get people to kind of come back to work and open back the country they happened to put it on mayday uh so we're trying to prevent that from happening to send a clear message that it's too soon uh and that if if the folks take heed to that you'll see another perhaps even more deadlier wave uh, of this virus hitting more people um but it's the it's the outreach to education you know <laughs> you know one of the things that's been uh, uh, funny uh, uh, about this to a degree is uh, how much of the the efforts as uh, kind of small as i would say that they are right now uh, are being monitored uh, uh, by um, facebook and, and twitter twitter in particularly um, uh, some folks produced a a, a flyer that's, that went out and i tried to uh post it uh, on our twitter account you know uh, about the the, the action because remember this is we are one force calling for it, but there were forces before us that called for uh, a general strike that we didn't initially know about it, but but if, you know kind of since found out, been dialoguing with, linking with, um, and trying to reach out to all the different forces uh, uh, that can be reached. Um, but you know it's been interesting to just see in, in it uh, how that's being very strategically blocked. You know on twitter and it's saying that some of your media failed to load when i can load anything else i can load ads i can you know just experiment things on the twitter account but anything that speaks to collective action is immediately blocked for roles i mean not not uh like they weighed and then take it down on twitter it's immediate and it just shows you the the extinct uh the the extent to which you know the, the aggregation and intelligence of these algorithms and big data how effective it's become that, that, that they can just automatically read certain things that nope, that's not going up. We're not allowing that to be be spread. So breaking this kind of blockade, you know through word of mouth, you know that's what I mean by, by outreach. We're going to try to use all the social media tools that we can and the interviews like this as we can to kind of get the word out. But at the end of the day, it's still going to come down to humans calling humans you know, meeting with them yeah, yeah. and saying, hey, you know, we, we got to take this up, This is why, you know, it's in our own interest. we got to protect ourselves. we got to protect yeah. each other, protect our communities. Like that word of mouth spread, I think, is still going to be the most effective way. And so we're trying to encourage, you know, folks to, to get that out. Now, we are having, you know, you asked about some of the next steps. We had a call, our first kind of national uh, organizing call, you know, um, uh through a number of different contacts that we have, uh open that up. Uh, uh we're having another call tomorrow, uh, following the same process with folks who have reached out to the different organizations, uh, mm-hmm. and folks in their family, their communities, their churches, their mosques, their their you know uh temples, their the synagogues, everybody to reach out to them as well as folks in your workplaces, um and saying, hey, we need to, to to move collectively, so we'll get another sense tomorrow of kind of where we're at, who we're being reached. But you know, it's it's been a wonder, you know, uh, to see how many spontaneous things are are popping up. You know, we've seen rent strike in New York. I saw one uh, socialist alternative is calling for a rent strike now uh, in the Pacific Northwest, particularly up in up up in Seattle. Uh, I saw that earlier this morning. Uh, you know, right to the city alliance has been calling for uh, a number of different things. People's bailout has been been pushing stuff. So folks are in motion. I think the the issue is and the question is, can we combine all of this? Right. Yeah. Can we link and connect and aggregate with each other? I think that's the question. And that's going to be the real test, I think, uh, of us in the next couple of weeks. And hopefully, you know, I think we we are putting out a framework calling for a broad kind of unity without uniformity. You know, saying that, hey, we, we know that uh, unfortunately where we're at in this country, not everybody is going to line up with every single demand of each other's groups. You know, some people don't fully support all of uh, prison abolition. You know, some folks don't don't fully support everybody being, being granted citizenship. Say, okay, look, you know, I will struggle with you around those points individually, you know, based on me being an abolitionist and be, me believing there shouldn't be any damn borders period we'll struggle with that but at the, the at this point if you're taking up a housing struggle i'm going to support you if you're taking up a struggle to defend immigrant rights and farm worker rights i'm gonna defend you and let's stand in alliance with each other build a relationship with each other stand in solidarity with each other through that process get to know each other and building a collective power with each other like that's a process you know um uh that's going to take us some time to do but i think us uh, standing up turning up uh, showing up for each other is the first critical step and hopefully we can get uh millions of people committed to doing that uh on, on May 1st as a starting place towards building our collective power and our collective strength. You know, and as we've been we've been stressing and saying, you know, we we are from our perspective, we are seeing this as a as a as a movement towards a general strike. Right. I don't think that we will have enough collective strength to actually shut the the, the, the country down uh, on, on May 1st. I wish we could, but I don't think that's gonna be possible just given the limitations that, that I talked to you about about how things can be spread in, during this period because still, you know, the, it's easier to reach millions of people in this day and age through YouTube, through Facebook, through Twitter, through Instagram which are all instruments that working class people don't control. These are all big corporate forces that have their own interests. They're gonna suppress the information getting out and they have all these algorithmic tools to do so. Uh, so we're gonna to try to use those, the master's tools for what they're worth knowing the limitation, but we know that's gonna kind of put some breaks and limits on how many people who aren't in our immediate orbits might hear this message and get it out. So we see this as a building thing and that uh, in order for us to get towards, you know, uh, to realize a, a actual uh, a general strike, particularly on a national, and I would say, for all you, you mentioned just the U.S., on an international level, because there were some international folks who joined the call, uh, that this is ultimately going to have to be something that grows on an international scale, uh, because capital knows no borders, and our strength and our power and our solidarity should also know none so uh um even though there's a u.s kind of particular focus or focus in place if you would it's not limited to that at least not cooperation jackson's view of what we need and, and what would and the type of solidarity that we need and interest that we need collectively to move on uh and it's not like this virus knows any any borders right and so we need mm-hmm. the same type of universal health and universal resources everywhere you know that we are asking for uh, and this is something we think that this quote unquote advanced civilization and all the tools and science and industry that we have could easily produce in, the, in this point in time. In fact, and do it in a more ecologically sound and sustainable way to eliminate all right. the waste that, that uh, perpetuated even now, you know, with with the tons of food that's just being uh, waste and of, which is also something that, that uh, we're tracking. Uh, part because of, you know, not being able to distribute it, but also, you know, just the deep systemic parts of why certain things are, why they're overproduced in the first place,
0: uh, Mm. how
1: they're distributed, also, which are all different features of the capitalist imperialist system, which is now coming into play. uh, Was reading just uh, yesterday, you know, some new reports around some of the staple food stuff, probably another wave of what's going to have an impact on a global scale, that the cost of, of rice and the cost of wheat is starting to go up. We may see, see that aggregate even more. uh, uh was talking about, like, you know, countries like Vietnam and some other folks that are the main producers of rice, uh, Thailand and some other places, you know, now kind of rationing and, and cutting back on their, on their exports to be able to make sure that they can meet kind of, you know, domestic needs as the global economy shuts down. So this is another wave of just you know, some of the things that we were looking at and and encouraging (sighs) folks to pay attention to around the supply chain being impacted on this. So people even learn even more about how the system actually functions and how we Mm -hmm. are all connected in ways that uh, uh, are obscured uh, very intentionally by the capitalist system, uh, but how we really are in one now global, you know, supply chain, connected chain uh, and how we all need to be struggling uh, uh, for the greatest degree of social uh, emancipation everywhere. Um, but so this is this is some of the things that we think um, we need to move towards we see in the U.S. <sighs> is to build over time to build up the strength uh, and to get folks to understand that it's up to us to change society in the way that's going to benefit us. It's not up to the rulers deciding what's best for us, you know, when they decide yeah. is best for us, because that's going to do nothing. But kill us uh, and perpetuate, you know, the growth yeah. of equities and inequalities that already existed that got us in this madness in the first
0: place. Now, and, and I think Cooperation Jackson has been a, a, a really important demonstration that you can begin to, to begin the process of building tomorrow uh, tomorrow's world that we want to, to, to build it today, to build the elements of it through uh, cooperative production right. and so on. I think it's really, really very, very important. Um, I've just put up the, uh, the website of uh, um, Cooperation Jackson. Um, are there ways that people, uh, we could encourage people to support the work that you are doing and helping to organize uh, on a mass level?
1: You broke up a little bit on me, but I, sure. I think <laughs> nod your head. You said, "How could folks support our work?" Yes, like you were saying. I mean, um, the the main thing. Look, look, the 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 mutual aid, the relief work stuff still needs a lot of support uh, and resourcing. So, I would encourage everybody who's who's watching this, um, the mass production piece, uh, particularly the the three D printing side of it, uh, because the, we've been using that primarily to supply. Folks who are on the front line in the medical fields, the, the nurses and the doctors, and that's who that production is almost exclusively for, uh, as well as some other folks in our community we know who have, you know, acute respiratory uh, uh, disease that we need to scale that up, and that costs money. It costs, like, I think, like thirty dollars to produce on the production side one mask. So we're still asking folks to donate as generously as can, you know, yeah. go to our website, look for in the announcement section uh look for the link that 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 talks about that aid uh work that's going on and donate there that's one particular
0: (laughs) we've lost him again just at the point that he was giving us information about uh anyway go to uh cooperation jackson um there we are okay you're back that's much better signal as well uh i i i was going to put up the uh, I was going to put up the link to uh, become a sustaining member, at, uh, but uh, there's some kind of error there. So you might get uh, one of your colleagues to try and fix that, because I do think it's important for people to on, become. On which,
1: which one is on error?
0: Uh, on your website, become a sustainer. Uh, but have a look at that That's later on. Uh, it was, okay. Yeah. Uh, I think, um, think there's
1: some. We've been getting some attacks the last two weeks. So yeah, we'll I keep, suspect. Keep updating that but, that,
0: but it's really important for for listeners to think about ways of supporting the work of uh, Cooperation Jackson, and supporting this move towards organizing, towards organizing rent strikes, whatever kind of uh, um, mass organizing uh, in the in the time of 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 COVID. It's going to be essential, if. We are to create the world that we want to live in uh, when we, when and if we come out of this crisis uh, <laughs> and into a different world. Um, any uh, final message that you'd like to to give, Kali?
1: Uh, just stay tuned. You know, uh, check us out. Be on the lookout for uh, the Mayday piece. Hopefully, everyone here will take that up. Uh, that's coming soon. Do everything you can to, to promote it, to encourage uh, workers wherever you are, you know, to, to strike in place, to stand and get together with each other, be creative uh, but for us to flex, you know, our collective power uh, uh, on May Day, you know, everywhere throughout the world. Not just in the United States. Uh, I think this is the, a clear time to send a message, um, you know, to, the, to our would-be rulers, those who will rule and lord over us. Uh, that those days are ending, and that we are going to take the active steps to end it, um, and let's yeah. get toward towards building a new and better world. I mean, that's that's our fundamental message.
0: Yeah, that's great. Uh, thank you, Kali. Uh, and you know, maybe another conversation uh, after the the, the May actions to see uh, where how we're. Let's do it. Let's well. do it. Let's do that. But uh, well, thank you for being on the show, Kali. Really, uh, really impressed and really grateful to you for for having uh, spared the time. So uh, continue the great struggles, comrade. Okay. We'll see you Will again. we
1: Will do. Thank you. Okay. okay. All right. Take care.
0: Thanks. Cheers. Uh, that was Kali Akuno from uh, Corporation Jackson. Um just to let you know, he raised an important point about connections internationally. And uh, here on Organizing in the Time of COVID-19, we've been talking to people in Uganda, in South Africa, in Kenya. Uh, we have lined up people to talk to us from Mauritius, uh, from Haiti, uh, from Senegal, uh, and uh, in from Mexico and beyond. Uh, if you are organizing in any part of the world, uh around uh um this issue of uh covid 19 and you would like to talk to to us uh please get in touch uh with us uh on facebook uh, uh or on twitter um thank you for joining us today uh firoz Manji signing off